it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, if I was an alien, I'd pretend to be a cat. You get fed, you get petted, no responsibilities, get to observe humankind from a comfortable box in front of the telly. So Skynet runs the podcast and is going to kill us all and cats are aliens. This is a good start. Welcome back. This is episode 18 of the Indie Game X podcast. My name, I should probably say my name. I don't say it enough. My name is Richard Marsh, and this podcast is here to help indie developers get their game known and, and recognized out in the world. And it's also for indie game fans to dis- discover some cool indie games. So if you're one of those two types of people, then you found the right place. So welcome. Hello. So this week we are moving i think this this week represents kind of a a turning point for the podcast i feel like it's really starting to develop into its own its own world now so i'm really really pleased and proud of of where the podcast is going to be honest um and this week we are shifting gears ever so slightly and we're going to be talking to instead of an indie developer we're going to be talking to Trista Bites who is a presenter interviewer voice actor, streamer, everything, you name it. She's multi-talented, she's got lots of experience, and she's going to be a fantastic resource for everybody listening. I'm sorry to refer to you as a resource, Trista. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> the information you give is a fantastic resource to everybody listening because the knowledge that you share is so, so good. You are going to get, if you're listening to this, you're going to get so much out of this. And I highly recommend you grab a pen and paper because you are going to need this. There's lots of tips on if you're a developer, some of the things you should do when you're approaching your social media and your marketing um, of your game. There's loads of tips for in that sort of area for you in this podcast. Um, and if you are a And if you're a fan of indie games or gaming in general, and you just want someone new or cool to watch and and view online then Trista again is a fantastic streamer great content creator so whoever you are listening you're gonna love it it's a great interview and if you enjoy this slight change of direction um, then please let me know you know the email address indiegamex at gmail.com twitter you can find me everywhere you know this it's in the show notes everything's in the show notes all the links to Trista um, will be in the show notes as well uh, if you watch if you're watching this audio presentation on youtube again they're in the comments check down below they'll be there okay let's hand uh, myself over to trista see you on the other side okay so welcome to the show um and we have with us trista bites so hello hey how are you doing today i am filled with biscuits and tea that sounds like an entirely appropriate and optimal way to be it is. I'm winning. I'm winning at life already. This is good. Uh, so normally we are talking to indie developers, uh, but you are not an indie developer. Well, I say that. I didn't actually ask you. Are you an indie developer? I'm. I'm not. No. Okay. I should have. <laughs> you probably you know that. who oh. I am, right? Like I haven't just joined this call by accident, right? Like because this could get real awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was waiting for someone else. 
I've uh-huh. just accidentally like you know joined the wrong discord or something I wonder if that ever happened anyone's done that and just started interviewing them just just you just style it out yeah that'd be good yeah, that'd be okay. yeah. Uh, anyway, so you're um, you are a streamer. So you're a streamer on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, well, I do a variety of different presenting things. So I present on stage at comic cons and um, games conventions and things. I've been a YouTuber for sort of approaching five years now, and then I've been a streamer for uh, sort of approaching. Well, God, we must be coming up for one and a half years now on Twitch as well so i do i do a variety of things generally around the presenting interviewing and content creation type arenas and a lot of that does involve indie games okay cool because you're i was watching your your stream yesterday lots of lots of cat chat very good yeah it went off on quite a tangent that one <laughs> it, was really, it was really good but i just want to say your your stream quality and your audio is so good um, Thank you. I've just upgraded the mic, so I appreciate the compliment on it. Ah, okay. Well, let's let's talk mics off topic. Which mic did you get? I have the Rode NT1A and the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Very nice. That's a, that's a good. That's a very good combo. I watched approximately six hours of YouTube videos <laughs> comparing <laughs> the audio from very similar microphones, listening to them intently desperately trying to hear the difference between them in order to pick this particular setup i've done exactly the same i end up you end up closing your eyes when they say i'm going to do a test between both mics i'm like oh i'll close my eyes now let's get all serious yeah and about hour five you're just like i don't know it's a microphone (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's uh it's yeah i think it helps a lot um to have to have good audio and my my bless it my poor zoom h1 is not really supposed to you know it acts as a mic but it's kind of a secondary function on the thing and i was running off that for years and it's just just started to basically beg for mercy when i went full time on on twitch (laughs) turn me off sometimes (laughs) yeah it just it just occasionally would just rebel um but i think that's the same with most tech really it's it's why skynet will definitely take over the world <laughs> that's already a few mentions of skynet now we're going to get flagged somewhere uh my computer's called skynet and it kind of named itself so oh, oh we're definitely doomed okay that's fine yeah fine. um but, okay stop playing indie games with sort of spaceships and ai and sci-fi l- themes i'm just helping it there's a lot of those to be fair that's a very popular theme. Yeah, it's just people like to predict the future and be right, so that's generally what they go for. Like the Simpsons. Yes. That's a that's a whole new podcast. That one. Um, <laughs> so we, we were where were we? We were talking we were talking about microphones before that. We were talking about about you. So it's very clear watching you that your presenting skills it, it's very natural for you, isn't it? It comes across so well. I generally, the way I describe myself is. There's no problem getting me to talk. The problem's getting me to shut up. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I can very happily feel, I I think the longest live stream I've done without any significant break is seven hours of just chatting. Well, the I mean, thing is, that is a skill. It's a huge skill because as we, as we know from, from previous episodes of this podcast, getting developers to chat is can be very hard work yeah i mean generally i would also do to say of my inability to shut up is that it's a it's a feature not a bug that's right (laughs) 
<laughs> so we don't really go with that but i do know what you mean because obviously i i've i've in if you've seen my youtube channel i have an entire playlist of interviewing indie developers uh, i also interview indie comic book creators but i have um quite a lot of videos where i've interviewed indie game devs and some people they're really not used to being in front of camera they're really not used to selling their work they're incredibly modest they're quite shy you put a camera and a microphone in their face and they they start to freeze up a bit uh so i've spent quite a lot of my presenting career trying to help bring other people out of their shell a little bit and um bring out that enthusiasm in them and convince them to talk on camera there's some indie games developers that I spent like a few years convincing to get them in front of the camera because I wanted to share what they were working on. So some some of those people, I will be the first person that's ever done a video interview with them. Wow. Well, there you go. That, and that is exactly why you are the perfect guest for this, because this is the, the direction I wanted to go with, with bringing a streamer and specifically you um, onto the podcast was, was exactly that, that you are, like I say, a natural communicator, you know, you're You've got a great live stream. You play games, not just indie games, but all games. So I just thought we could talk about, you know, some of the some of the things that indie developers need to know if you know if they're going to use a streamer. Um, just just cover the whole range of uh, how a streamer can be useful to an indie developer because it seems to be growing quite a lot recently. The whole streamer and developer sort of relationship. Yeah, I think in the past we just looked at reviews in order to decide what games to buy and, and you know, be those written reviews in magazines back in the day and little fanzines and things through YouTube videos. And now Twitch is becoming more and more prevalent. And we're finding that people that want to decide if they're interested in a game or not, watching somebody else play that game live in a way where you can interact with them is an amazing way to discover new games. And it has meant that a lot of indie developers, obviously, they don't have a huge amount of money for traditional marketing, but they can give Steam keys to streamers to play live on Twitch and things like that. And that is a great way of kind of getting the word out there to a wider audience. And it's definitely becoming more and more prevalent in the indie community as a way of trying to get new games out there it also gives you loads and loads of feedback so if you want to do like an on mass beta testing of your indie game then you could give it to a streamer and you've got them and their entire audience's live feedback on on what you're seeing as well so there's lots of different ways where streamers and indie developers can work together beyond that traditional kind of like give person finished product finished product is then reviewed and obviously for me as well I like doing interviews and I think those interviews are really really important I have done things like play a game live on air so um, there's a game called Alien Scumbags which is a kind of 8-bit inspired comedy sat satirical sort of horror platform shooting type game <laughs> and it's it's brilliant and it's so funny. But from the little clips and things that were on Twitter, um, I didn't get that much about it. I could see it was kind of cool, but I didn't understand how nuanced the game was. I didn't understand the sheer amount of references and funny moments in it. And genuinely, the game made me jump in places as well. And this is from someone that's played Alien Isolation, this little 8-bit inspired you know horror comedy game <laughs> generally got some like jumps out of me. And 
by playing that on stream and having those initial reactions and things because I hadn't played it before. I just I play the games live so you get live reactions. And I also got the developer to come on to the, the stream as well, audio only over Discord and talk me through things. And it kind of ended up evolving into an, an interview at that point as I was playing the game. And it was just a, a, a lovely experience that the audience could ask questions of me and how I was feeling playing the game. They could ask questions of the developer. It just became this really lovely atmosphere. And like the, the kind of offshoot of that was that quite a few people that watch my stream picked up a copy of the game, for one. The other offshoot of that was that I, I learned loads about it that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And um, if there's one thing that will sell a game more than anything else, it is seeing the person who made it be passionate about it and hearing that story because it immediately humanizes everything. So you have like, you know, talking, somebody talking about how them and then one mate have been making this in their spare time and where the ideas came from and stuff adds so much. And I don't think that developers realize exactly how much it adds to put a face to that game, how yeah. much that completely hiding themselves away is um, removing the opportunity for people to know the person behind it. There's a reason why every advert you see on TV pretty much will have a character or a person. It's because having a human face there, having a reaction, having a personality is the reason why celebrities are endorsing products and get paid so much for it. It has a big difference to the consumer and seeing the person who created something, being enthusiastic and talking about their influences and and that kind of that kind of information just just helps enormously, which is one of the reasons why I like sort of doing those interviews and things. And um, the the other offshoot that happened from that is that I'm now in Alien Scumbags. Ah, oh, excellent. So <laughs> I got it, it. It went from a game that I thought this is quite cute, it's quite nice. Yeah, I'll 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 give that a play. Um, to by the end of it, thinking this is actually really really good and has got loads more going on than I initially thought. And the sense of humor is amazing. And now I'm the voice on the Tannoy system for the spaceship you're in. Amazing. And I've heard those clips and it's fantastic. Because again, you, you've got the you've got a perfect now and this sounds this is either I keep offending all my guests. So you have the perfect <laughs> yes. uh, AI yes. um evil AI voice. We don't have to be evil, just AI voice. I just that. am evil. It just, okay. it just, yeah. That's that's just a natural undercurrent. It's not supposed to be there. I just, <laughs> we try and edit it out, but God just damn it, through. I, I was just born Sith. You know, just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the best lightsabers. They, they really do. Well, you, you're talking to the wrong. If you're talking about Star Wars now, I am the wrong person. I just don't do it. I just don't do Star Wars. I'm afraid. But that's fine. I'll I'll have all the lightsabers <laughs> then. You know. It's, I I just have more lightsabers. I'm, I'm fine sorry. with that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek man. Yeah. I, I like both. Yeah. They're, they're, I, they're not mutually exclusive. I know. I know. I just can't get on with it. <laughs> I can, I've tried several times to watch them. I just can't. So, yeah. something wrong with me because everyone else likes them. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but uh, back to the point. So, that, that was really interesting. You were saying about, and I think developers should definitely be taking note in that last the last couple of minutes of talking you just did because there was loads in there which i don't think developers think about because they haven't had to think about it to be honest because this is a whole new world like i said the marketing pr all this side of it is something that most of them have no experience over and why would they 
because a lot of them no, are well, marketing and PR yeah. are entire you know not just jobs departments entire companies dedicated to Absolutely. these things yeah and indie developers have to have so many hats they could open a hat shop <laughs> awesome metaphor there well done Trista um and they have to be able to do so many things already and you know expect you can't expect everyone to know everything you you just can't and um I think that also that they don't necessarily understand the value of their own contribution. They put everything into these games. And I think sometimes they're surprised. Like when I go to all of the, the games conventions, like um, sort of EGX, Play Expo, all these kind of things, and I want to interview them, I think a lot of them don't really understand why. Like they're kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> I think I've made a nice game. I'm trying hard here, but why would anyone care about me and and my story and things and I'm like oh people really really do and you know yeah. other other people don't know all the things you know and and aren't going through the same challenges and haven't had the same ideas as you and they just a lot of them just seem to really undervalue how interesting they are and their processes are and um how much people actually do care and want to know about the behind the scenes things and, and the influences on them and the development process for those games. And I think that's more true with indie games than with the AAA games. Like with AAA games, we know there's like 500 people, uh, you know, in some big offices and loads yep. of market research. With indie games, you get things that are sometimes a lot more left field, a lot more unusual. And you look at them and you think, where's that come from? <laughs> what, what where are the ideas for this this is this is something unique and special so we do want to hear those stories and yeah i don't think they they realize that um so hopefully this this will help them see why why it's uh why it's interesting and important to to, to sort of engage more and, and um, allow themselves to be part of the the, the package that makes up the product and and the usp is is them yeah yeah and and that is why like you said that is why people okay not why but that is one of the reasons people play indie games is because they really love following that particular developer and and they like their story like you said they like the they like the personal tweets and the pictures that they see and they're making the game and like i said drawing on bits of scrap paper that you know that is the, the appeal of indie gaming to a lot of people and to myself yeah i think that people like indie games because they love the idea the game was made from a place of love and passion for gaming and they want things that are a little bit different and by default because those things are different they want to know about the process behind it so one of the developers i interviewed uh oh god a while ago now it was at egx dresd which is a, an amazing event and if you have the chance to show your game at egx dresd do. It is a entirely indie focused gaming convention and it's lovely because everyone there just wants to play everything. Um, <laughs> but there was a developer there who created a game called the Collage Atlas. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. No. The entire game is hand drawn. Oh, God. Pen and paper. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Everything is scanned in. Oh, as... my. So you remember when you used to make like little things like you get like a thing on a cardboard, you'd pop it out and you'd make it into a shape and it had drawings on each side. Those kind of things you used to uh -huh. get as a, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, but everything scanned into a game 
and then it's mapped onto the 3D items. So everything oh. kind of almost looks 2D but isn't because wow. everything is literally a pen on paper drawn and scanned in and talking to him and I I'd missed talking to him at a previous one and in the entire the entire interview I'm just looking at him in awe which I think confused the hell out of him because <laughs> I was so in love with what he was doing and it got to the point when he told me that every single tree in that game is eight hours of work what <laughs> and it's an open explorative first person oh, it kind of you're exploring kind of the 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 emotions of the character it's it's a slightly conceptual beautiful game that's kind of open-ended and leaves you to explore the environment um which you can do fairly freely and every one of those trees is that it's, it's an eight hour drawing that's unbelievable and but uh, and i expect he didn't even think it was such a big deal he, he knew he'd been spending a lot of a lot of time on this and a lot of care and attention on this, but it's sort of so many people that watched that interview were just kind of like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> wow, I have to find. I have to. I'll stick a link to that because that sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, you look at things like Figment. I don't know if you've played Figment, which is an absolutely adorable fairy tale platformer game about a character who's. Uh, trying to regain their courage kind of thing it's very much an all ages game it's it's very pretty uh, it's quite a short game it's it's not a hugely challenging one but it is a it's a lovely family game and definitely aimed at uh, children slightly more than adults but still lovely to play as an adult as well and one of the reasons it's lovely is because it's a musical wow the bosses oh, have songs oh my <laughs> the entire soundtrack is a written from scratch musical as you would get in a in a disney film that's unbelievable characters break into song um <laughs> only in only in an indie game yeah and these kind of ideas and like how how did you how did you come across this idea um you know why what led you to want to do this and how did you get involved with musicians who wanted to do these musical numbers for for this game this is all incredibly part of the process um i think a lot of people have heard of a game called tanglewood by Big Evil Corp. Oh, that's quite that's quite a well-known one. It's great. It got a lot of awards. Um, yeah. And I I was lucky enough to get to to interview interview them as well. Uh, six years that game took. Wow. Well, do you know what? That was that was that game is where this whole podcast came from. Really? Yeah. I I, I played it. I accidentally stumbled across it one day while I was doing whatever I was doing, and I thought, oh well. I'll play this on stream. And it was the first indie game I'd played on stream. Wow. Played and then, because um, Matt is the developer, isn't he? Yes. And he joined me randomly in the stream. And he was doing what you were saying earlier. He was talking me through puzzles, um, telling me how things worked in the game. Because I think it was still an early release at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And while I was playing it, he was going, I had no idea you could beat the boss that way. I didn't know you could do that. Um and things like that. And he was just saying, I didn't know that happened. I, I Just discovering the game while I was playing it. And I loved that interaction. And that's yeah. when I thought, wow, you know, I should do this more. This is great having the developer talking to me about playing. This is fantastic. So I loved Tanglewood. It was a great game. It's a beautiful game. And the history behind it and why he made that game, you know, the just childhood him wanted to make a Mega Drive game. So the Adult yep. him said, I still want to make a Mega Drive game. So he got an actual Mega Drive dev kit, one of two known working dev kits in the entire planet. 
wow. and learnt to code in assembly, you know, as Mega Drive games were written back in the day. It isn't a game that's been written and then ported onto a Mega Drive cartridge. It's written for Mega Drive and then ported the other way effectively, because you yeah. can obviously get the game on, on Steam and other things as well. But he learnt to code <laughs> on amazing. a Mega Drive dev kit just to make that game. Well, and I, I, <laughs> knowing that just adds so much. It does. And I, I remember he said that that Sega were really positive and really helpful with him um, doing the artwork and the cartridges and, and everything. But he said that they couldn't give him the Sega sort of logo on it because they couldn't test it because they didn't have any the testing kits available anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very supportive of things because it's not the only project that we've seen um that's been a, a a mega drive game built in that way and played on mega drive because we've also got xeno crisis by bitmap bureau i don't know if you played that one came out the same year um which is a little bit like sort of smash tv and that kind of thing slightly top down clearing rooms of aliens you can play at co-ops also on the switch and uh, various other things as well and um yeah they they usually were exhibiting next to each other at, at oh. events I went to, which was absolutely okay. lovely, and seeing the kind of camaraderie between different indie <laughs> devs, um, sort of lifting lifting each other up, which is what I generally see in the indie communities: is everyone lifting each other up, everyone being fans of everyone else's projects. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you'd often see Tanglewood, and on the next CRT next to it would be Xeno Crisis. Amazing. By Matt Bureau. <laughs> well, I've seen them. I've seen him retweeting and and sort of supporting. Um, there's a couple of more games coming out now that I, I noticed that were, again, Mega Drive built. Um, so it's still going on, which is fantastic. I love it. It is. And knowing those stories adds a lot to understanding those games and how they got built and is is a really integral part of their their history and why they're, why they're so interesting, um, which is one of the reasons I love interviewing uh, in, indie games developers. Um, yeah. And the fact that it's on several occasions led to me then being involved in the game directly. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind it? of wonderful as well. Yeah, because I'm I'm the voice of two spaceships. Oh, okay. Give us a, give us a plug on both games. Let's, let's see if we can uh, find you. So I I am the voice on Alien Scumbags for the Tannoy um, on the on the spaceship, which is um, pretty damn awesome. I am also the voice of the the spaceship or the spaceship's computer rather uh, for a game called Iridium, spelt with an I. Uh, which All is right. by Nebula Design, which is obviously heavily influenced by things like Iridium, spelt with a U, and Xenon 2, and uh, games like that. And uh, I, I am the voice of the spaceship on that one as well, which was very funny when I was streaming it because my own voice kept pointing out <laughs> when I died. <laughs> and uh, we, we've now got a bit of a, a recurring running gag that, that goes on in chat, which is um, anytime I get a shield in any game, people in chat type shields up, shields down, because I seem to repetitively on my first playthrough. And, you know, bearing in mind, this is a, you know, it, it's a fast paced shooter. You know, if you ever played things like Iridium and Xenon and things, you, you, this one, you know, the ship flips over, yeah. you're, you're dodging loads of enemies. I managed every single time I picked up a shield to lose the shield. So all you could hear was my voice saying, shields up, shields down, shields up. <laughs> <laughs> which is so much more taunting when it's your own voice <laughs> yeah i bet god that would drive you crazy so you basically uh, you're, you're basically holly now which is amazing i'm i'm happy with that That's... i'm happy with that i would yeah. i would like to expand my range of voice acting <laughs> um but if i do get typecast as a spaceship that's really not the end of the world 
No, that sounds pretty epic to me. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say you're let's 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 role play slightly. So you're an indie developer, and you're thinking, look, I've got a game here. Mm-hmm. How do I get people to see it? They find they find your awesome Twitch channel, and they go, I want I want Trista to to play my game. What should they do? What are you expecting? What should a developer do to get in touch with you? What are you expecting from them if they do get in touch with you? Because I'm sure you get junk messages of here's my game and then a link um which same as i get but what what would what would make you click on the link and read the message i think there's a balancing act for people to do when they want to get their things out there of getting out there to as many people as possible versus going for the quality over quantity approach and doing a lot more research and narrowing it down to just building up relationships with individual people. The more you know the person that you want to be involved with your with your game, the better it is. Again, it's that human, that human thing. Yeah. Messages coming from somebody that you have no idea who they are or what their game is, and they have no real idea of who you are, or if you even play the kind of game they're creating, those come across just as copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste and um you may get some response back from that they that may work for you but if you have an idea of the particular kinds of people you want to be promoting your game and you you want to be working with people that are a good fit for you because that's obviously going to work a a lot better um if you make a game that's a bit like uh, pokemon and you have it streamed by people that play lots of Pokemon, that's, you know, that's obviously a better fit than having somebody play your game that's a bit like Pokemon who mostly streams Doom Eternal. Yes, there's some crossover, <laughs> but you've got a slightly better bet. <laughs> so well, I, I I knew you were going to have a Doom. I, I was... <laughs> it just, you know, well, though it is quite funny because the amount of people who bought Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing. was massive. So that's probably not actually a good example, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um and that's a good point because do you think do you think it's important to start these connections pretty early in the development process? I mean, or or how early in the process should they start looking at at least making connections with streamers, you know? I mean, joining their chat, you know, watch the streamers actually play, you know, <laughs> don't just blind message them like you were saying. Go in, see what their streams are like, you know, see what games they play, what the community around the streamer is like. Um, that's all stuff you can do pretty early on, isn't it? It is. And it also gives you an idea of if you want that person as the voice for your game, that you may go and look into their content and see that although they have very big numbers, their their views, their style, their community, something about them isn't actually a good fit for what you're doing. Um so the, again, the more time you put into knowing who you are talking to, the more personalized that will be. The sooner you do that, the more it will feel like a genuine connection and not just please advertise my game for me, please advertise my game for me. Um, and the more it's going to feel like there is a, a genuine legitimate connection between you. It just seems the more you can just be sure that the person's going to enjoy the game and it's going to be something that vibes with their audience and that's obviously going to to help you in return you could have a hundred streamers play your game but none of their audiences are interested in the kind of game you have at which point 
is that blanket marketing more powerful than getting a smaller set of streamers who really, really vibe with what you're doing, who are invested in the game, who have been waiting for it to come out because they've been watching you develop it and they're excited for its release and their audience is therefore got an investment in it as well. Is that actually much more powerful? Um, taking it back to something that seems slightly oddly tangential but is relevant um as a graphic designer which was my my career before i moved over to presenting uh for 15 years uh i worked a lot in email marketing and i saw the way email marketing worked change at the start you used to send every customer the same email by the end of the time i worked in email marketing every template was massively dynamic custom it pulled in things relevant to their re like shopping history it was all personalized. And the more personalized it was, the more niche it was, the more targeted it was, the better the results were. So sometimes blanket messaging or, you know, even worse, tagging tons and tons of people repetitively in tweets just comes across as noise. You will just get muted because people don't want to feel like they're one of 700 people you've sent the same copy paste message at. So putting in that investment to find people which will be a really yeah. good fit to work with you, I think is much more valuable in the long run. Yeah, it's nice to say hundreds of people are, are playing your game on stream, but it isn't necessarily going to result in as much genuinely useful exposure or sales of the game as working with a smaller set of people that actually care about the game and are enjoying it and whose audience can therefore pick up on that vibe. So I think that that's something that I see a lot of people overlooking. And I will just get messages that say, hi, you're a streamer. Do you play indie games? Here is a Steam key. <laughs> and um, I can I can see I get a lot like this and I can wow. see why they're just right. going for this kind of approach because they're going for that quality, uh, quantity over quality. And um, if someone's coming to me and say, do you play indie games? I'm like. I've got years worth of interviews with indie games developers on my YouTube channel and my stream specifically has, you know, the most basic information is variety retro and indie streamer. So it makes it feel like they don't care about me. They just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a question yeah. that you should already know the, the answer to, because I'm like, well, why are you messaging me then if you don't know if I play indie games and I can see how they end up doing yeah. it, but, it, it's that kind of first impression thing. Of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the minimum you want people to see, you would expect a message to at least say, hi, Trista, uh, you know, and then start listing, you know, what, talk about you. You know, I see you play indie games. I've watched a few of your streams. I, I see you like playing scary space games, which you clearly do now. I, I um, really don't. I have no choice in that matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're in. You're in. You like it now. Honest. Um, and my <laughs> my game is this this and this uh, would you like you know would you like to uh, take a look at it simple as that a nice friendly message that shows some sort of care and research yeah and it also you know it means that they know they're messaging the right people the people they're messaging know that they have you know they're not just carpet bombing these these messages they're picked you kind of for a reason uh, and also I tend to find if I do get messages like that they do not tell me the genre of the game they do oh. not tell me um, any any information that might be relevant about about the game. And sometimes they don't even include a link to a trailer. So I then have oh. to do the legwork to go to their profile 
find a tweet, which isn't always the pinned tweet. If you have a new game out, please make your pinned tweet information about it with a trailer. And I'm having to then do all this legwork just to get to the point where I see the game is um, a, a, is a Switch-only horror game. And I, I, despite the fact I have been playing horror games recently, don't actually like horror games. And I don't own a Switch. <laughs> and it took me five minutes to get to that point. I, I yeah, put I that you... time in because I, I am coming from a background of I will find indie developers I like and encourage them on camera and, and understand that. Most people will just keep scrolling because they've got 20 DMs like that that day. Yeah, and that's a simple... Again, that is just a simple thing that they can fix, isn't it? I mean, mm. that's not you shouldn't in that first message you should know all the info you need to know to make a decision yeah um, it so. make it easy for the person and um yeah. it does also as you say if they've gone to your streams and interacted with you and just gotten to know you it it helps a lot not only does it help them know that you are a suitable person because again as many people as possible is not always the, the best approach um and it means that you're you're aware of each other. You don't just feel like you are number five hundred on a list of email addresses they've harvested from somewhere and and sent this blanket <laughs> thing to. And with indie games, that makes a big difference because it is about the the personality of the people behind it. The indie scene is much more personable than than the AAA scene. You know, if a very very large company were to say, "Here, we use the example again of of Doom Eternal. Here, have a Doom Eternal key." see you like doom you know you, you wouldn't ask too many questions <laughs> no. you, you you've got a um relationship with that company yeah uh, uh, which is one-sided the other direction because you're like oh my god i've played every doom game since doom came out this is amazing you know you've got yeah. that relationship with that company going back a decade um so if they just go have have a have a key to that you know um then a company you adore has sent you something that you never expected and you're like this is amazing yeah. small indie developers especially if you don't know them it's it it is a stranger giving you the opportunity to 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 play an unknown game and you you don't know why so it definitely helps to know what your usps are for your game um mm -hmm. well that's unique selling points wow you can tell i used to work in a in a advertising and marketing agency <laughs> know what your new unique selling points are one of which is you the developer definitely um so a, a little bit of you know just basics like uh the, the formats the game's on you know the what what systems does it <laughs> yeah what systems is it on um what the genre of it is uh some kind of point that helps explain it uh in some way and um give somebody a, a point of reference you know if you like x y and z you might like this simple kind of things a link to a trailer a couple of screenshots and um a reason why it's it's a good match yeah wow it's it it just makes all of the difference don't make the people that you want to work with do the legwork on on your behalf uh just make it easy for them and um talk to them as you would uh, if if they were in front of you in real life, which wouldn't be to just hand them a piece of paper with a with a steam key on and then to walk away. Amazing! That is such <laughs> that is an amazing list of advice there. Oh my god! So if you weren't taking notes there, you need to rewind that because that that was epic. Sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you That's the difficulty amazing. isn't getting me to talk; it's getting me to <laughs> shut up. I warned you. You were forewarned. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what would you say 
um, is the biggest mistake that you see developers make? Is is it regarding the whole social media or marketing or communications? Is that where you see the biggest problem with developers generally? Um, I think it. I think it varies. I don't think there's any one specific thing. Um, I think that things that are pain points for 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 content creators, streamers, reviewers, journalists, sort of everybody is um, things like being being tagged in with a list of a hundred other people on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you end up in an endless thing that takes over your your notifications. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people be like, "Here's the latest trailer for my game." There's a trailer. I've never interacted with them before. They don't follow me on on Twitter, and you know, there's me and as many other people that could be tagged on the tweet. And then there's two more tweets in reply to that tweet with other people tagged. And most of the replies are, can you untag me? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it it doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything. Like if you do want to tag somebody, just tag one person in the tweet. And ideally don't have that be the first ever communication that you've had with them. Because it can be cool yeah. to to put something up and say, hey, I thought you might like this or like see that, you know, somebody very targeted that plays the exact sort of thing you develop and send a tweet saying, I, maybe you'd like to to try this, you know, or something like that, uh, or, yeah. or some funny clip that they will find amusing that's from your game that, that relates to their sense of humor. Just something that is a bit more personal and meaningful and gives them a reason to, to click the link you, you want them to click. Um, yeah, it's just it's just being like I say being a human. I mean, that's a good start, isn't yeah. it? I mean, even with with building, like I see quite a few seem to struggle with building, you know, a community or a you know that sort of following on Twitter. I mean, Twitter seems to be a, a, a key place for developers. It seems to be very it's a good place because there's lots of lots of tagging to be done. You know, hashtags are good, uh, but they seem to really struggle with the balance of just posting up factual images and information about their game. But never actually just talking and replying and messaging real people yeah. in the community, which is partly because they're incredibly busy making their game and possibly doing yes. a day job at the same time, whilst also like homeschooling their children right now and things. But you do have to have it be balanced. There's a reason why my Twitter account, like, yeah, I'm not you know super famous. I don't have hundreds of thousands of people, but I have a steadily growing amount of followers on all of my social media accounts. Um, and on my YouTube and on my Twitch as well. And part of the reason is my account does not look like a list of 500 tweets, all of which say going live now. <laughs> Equally, my account is not just a list of things saying today I had avocado toast for breakfast or something. Um, yeah. The things on my accounts are relevant, but they are also personable. There's a bit of a sense of humor. I'm allowed to be a human and the things which are marketing are mixed in with other things, retweeting other people, supporting other people, things that are just silly and amusing, but vaguely in the correct kind of area and topic. And it very much looks like an, you know, an account that's run by a person who's having fun and who is part of the community. And it's getting that balance because sometimes I will go to an indie developer's Twitter account and I can't find any tweets about their game. <laughs> and if they haven't got a pinned tweet saying, this is what I'm working on, here's a trailer for it, and here's the link to the, the website and information, you know, 
if, if anyone would like to look at the you know my pinned tweet I think it's a very good example of how to do a, a pinned tweet I did a lot of research on these things and uh -huh. um, watched a lot of YouTubers and people talking about how to best kind of do pinned tweets and things and everything you need to know about me is is in my description of my account and that pinned tweet and then right, so you, yeah. even if my next couple of tweets are just me you know uh, lamenting that my Quake 3 Arena box is rusty, which is what happened to my, my lovely metal. Rusty? I know. It looks so much more. Everyone's reply <laughs> was that it basically looks way more on brand now. So I'm actually okay <laughs> with it. Um, I, so even if I've got, you know, my last few tweets are something slightly silly and irrelevant, that you can still find all the relevant information in the bio and the pinned tweet. And sometimes I'll go to the indie, indie an indie developer's account and I can't find the information I need. I can't find a link to the game. I can't find the trailer. I, I can't find anything. Um, and again, it's making me put a lot of work in. And sometimes I will do that. But yeah. bigger creators or people that are less, slightly less focused on, on the development side, um, they, they are only going to scroll so far before they say this is clearly a, a Twitter account about a, a, a dog. It's a cute dog, but it's not an indie <laughs> game. Um so it's about making sure you're tweeting a mixture of things, not just self-promotional, but also not too wildly off topic continuously. You know, one tweet about dog. Yeah. Nice. Two tweets about dog. Dog's very cute. Uh, 20 tweets about dog. You've now running a, a dog Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's about finding that balance and making it easy for people um, while still being human. And I think that's something that's, quite difficult and it takes a little while to learn and it does take time investing time in doing your social media i think can feel like a waste of time when you're trying to develop a game but building yeah. those connections and making because you can make you know genuine friends with other people who are other indie game developers who are people that play indie games you build all of that buzz up before you've even finished your alpha version of your game you know if you're sharing your concept art for your characters if you are um, putting up a picture of like the giant bowl of coffee you've just drunk because you haven't slept that much uh, with your code on the screen, you know, saying, yep, yeah, going to get down to, 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 to finishing this section today. It's going to be really cool. You are creating that buzz. If you just kind of appear from nowhere and make a Twitter account and say, hello, here's a finished game. Who wants to play it? And people are like, what, what, <laughs> wait, what game? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> um, you've kind of just walked into it. It's like sort of walking into a party and just kind of being like, hey, you know, you, you need you need to perhaps have, have I guess been invited yeah. to party um, <laughs> and nice. um, yeah. and know some of the people there. Otherwise, it's going to feel awkward. And again, it makes it more difficult for them because they have just walked into that that party and they don't know who anyone is and they don't know who to talk to and they're not sure if the first person they talk to is going to have any interest in what they want to say. And if you've been part of the community more actively for the whole time during your development, you'll you'll find that. People can be very encouraging and can offer some awesome, you know, feedback and input and things from those early stages. And again, that builds their investment yeah. and, and as, makes them more receptive. A really good point. Yeah, it is a really good point with the, the the support that the community does give because it is a particular. I mean, strange for Twitter, but it is a particularly supportive community. There's loads. If you if you've got a problem that you're you're struggling with, you know, as a developer, or you know, or any anything related. There's so much help out there. People are very willing. 
you know, as developers to help and offer advice. Yeah. But like you said, if you've never spoken to them before, they're probably not going to. Or they might try, but they don't know enough information know, to help. Yeah, exactly. So you're only hurting yourself long term by just, of course, it's important to just get on with making the game. But you should be should be allocating a little bit of time every day. Yeah, God, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Sit down, go through some hashtags, go through some accounts, you know, check on what other people are doing. Because, again, it may also help you to take a break from your game. Uh, and and get some feedback from what everyone else is doing as well. So it, you know you you can't overlook the value of just spending time connecting and communicate communicating with with real people because Twitter accounts generally are real people. One hopes we're back Mainly. to that Skynet Mostly. thing again. Um, we are. We are. Yeah. Back. <laughs> and indie game and uh, Twitter is very very helpful and very very supportive and if you are talking to other people giving them little bits of feedback and things and retweeting them they generally if they like what you're doing will do the same for you and it isn't a guaranteed reciprocal thing like you can't expect people to retweet you because you retweet them but you will find the more you become involved in the community the more other developers and, and players and people will share out what you're doing as well but it it, it has to be a, a two-way communication it has to be uh, something which is equal and um yeah finding that balance and being consistent on that can seem like a lot of work and it is easy to kind of go the other way and be on twitter for sort of seven hours a day um but it's just kind of like <laughs> being present you know liking some other people's posts making some comments and things and becoming part of the community and you and you will find that once you've connected with some of the right people that it can actually be very helpful and it it can be something that is a positive a positive influence on, on what you're doing and i know sort of like other youtubers other content creators they'll put up on twitter sometimes which of these thumbnails is better you know what should i go for here yeah. what do you think of this background i've just changed my background for this and people will jump in and go like oh yeah no i really like that or oh i think a is better than b or this one's more legible or at small sizes i think this one's better like on my phone that one's not so great like people are happy to help each other out people don't always just see each other as competition and it can be a very very supportive environment and i think that Again, it's one of the things that indie developers don't necessarily think other people are interested in what they're doing, but they are. You know, <laughs> there's a there's a reason why I I you know spent so so many years interviewing them, and I've done those interviews sometimes going into them a little bit blind about the, what the game is. Something's just caught my eye, you know, something about it just caught yeah. my eye. Normally at events, and if you can go to events and show show your games definitely definitely do in in future when we've got events running again because they're wonderful places to to get loads and loads of feedback and you know just get your game out there 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 will be some things where i just you know they catch my eye so something like shift quantum i don't know if you've played that no it's a story driven dystopian puzzle platformer holy hell it's the kind of spiritual successor for what was an old web-based flash game called shift a flash game oh my god (laughs) and it has i just spotted the fact it was monochrome and it had really distinctive looking graphics and i just you know my i sort of magpied in that general direction i was just like what what is this i 
I love this, this is this is this is interesting. It's monochrome. It's got lots of sharp edges, and um, that drew me in. And then I interviewed interviewed them and did a video about it. And by the end of the interview, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to need this as soon as this is released." <laughs> and I played most of it um, on stream as well. So as soon as it got released, I'd become invested in it. All my viewers on YouTube were invested in it. I then said, I've now got it. I'm going to be playing this on Twitch. A load of those people came over to see the game on Twitch. The amount of people that ended up, ended up with the game because they'd seen the interview, they knew about the development of it. They could see my crazy levels of enthusiasm. They'd then spent several weeks backseat gaming me trying to solve all of these puzzles because <laughs> they get devilishly difficult. Um and really, really getting into it. Loads of them ended up playing it. And I, people would be coming in my chat going, I'm 70% through the way of the game. And I'd be like, I'm 60% through the game. How did you overtake me? And um, then there was an update and I was like, there's a level builder now. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. And I was just yeah. like mind blown um, because it just has a lovely mechanism in that game. It's uh, the entire screen changes and rotates because you with a button press can make the air, the land and the land, the air. Oh, my God. And it, wow, it adds more amazing. and more things as it goes on in the game. So it very naturally, in a very, very nice difficulty progression curve with adding more mechanism and things, just gets more and more difficult to the point where it got too difficult for me to really stream it. But I got over 60% of the way through the game before that point um, <laughs> because yeah, I'm looking at two screens and also talking and I'm also, yeah. I'm dyspraxic. Um, and this is a game where the screen rotates a lot. <laughs> So I was yeah, getting slightly a... lost. Um, yeah, because it's my work streaming and playing and talking. It, you know, it, there's a lot of concentration there. Yeah, and it got really, really difficult. So I had to like end up playing the rest of it off off stream. Um, but I'd I'd built up. You know, I'd gone at I'd gone to that stand and gone. This looks interesting. I'd interviewed them and I was like, now I need this. And then when it came out, now I need to stream this. And then all my audience was like, oh, those people. I remember the interview. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Now we all need this. <laughs> and um, that's that worked so well because my enthusiasm just was wildly apparent and and it also has some incredible death animations for your little shadow because <laughs> you, you, it's all in black and white you're just mostly silhouette and um i ended up doing things like i'd jump off something and mistime it because again dyspraxic and uh, i'd hit a spike and i, I ended up at one point with with like my head was on this little spike and it's all just in silhouette very small so it's not gory in any way shape or form and it was just so comical because I just kind of went, can I jump up there? Boom. No. Nope. <laughs> and I've just erupted into giggles at this point. Um, and everyone got to be part of me discovering that live live on air. And um, and that's the power. Yeah. That's the power of finding, finding a streamer or content creator who does feel like that about your game. And like you said, you can do that by narrowing it down beforehand because you can't. That's, but that's the joy of live streaming is that it's not edited together to look fun. If you can find someone to play your game who genuinely enjoys it, you can't fake or edit that out because it just looks so natural, which is fantastic. Yeah, and you have instant instant reaction. I also very much like it when, even if a developer won't come on air, if they don't want to have video or or audio, if they're in the chat, that's massively helpful. As you said with, you know, with Tanglewood, when when Matt, who's lovely, yeah. Um, Kate, yeah, popped up in the chat and was talking to you. Um, it's so helpful because you can, if you're sitting there going, oh, I wonder if this was made in this or, um, 
you know, I wonder what they did for this or were they inspired for this by or this or this? And they can be in chat and say, yes. <laughs> That's... A, and again, and the people watching get excited about that as well, because, you know, being a developer is, you know, it's a it's a rare thing. You know, it's not actually not that many people can be a full time developer. I, so... I don't think the devs realize that, you know, they'll just kind no. of go to me. Oh, yeah, no, I just wrote this and this and this and I utilize this and I use this library for this. And it's just, you know, it's just what anyone would do. <laughs> and there's just everyone around going. Uh, uh, you know, with, no. with what magic so yeah. that's magic it is. <laughs> it is it is and that's what they need to realize and and like i said it is fantastic i love it when they when they join the chats it's so good um so that is a definitely a, a key tip for everybody who uh gets their game streamed make sure you join the stream to be fair most of them do that i've i've met but it is a, a vital step i think I think so. And it means then even if you're too shy to be on video or to even do voice chats, everyone in the stream still met you and you're then, you know, a little bit part of that community. And normally if a streamer does a lot of indie, then the people in the chat are very receptive to that kind of thing. And they will be there, you know, telling you all the things they love about what they're seeing on the screen and they will all say hi and it's just it's just lovely when you find good twitch communities they're they're absolutely lovely and welcoming you know people pop into my stream and somebody else will immediately type you know passes so and so a cup of tea (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) it's really really lovely and um and how many how many hedgehogs have been drowned on your stream oh my god yeah, the, I need to put a bigger <laughs> cooldown on the sonic drown sound effect. It's just, yeah, it's very good. It's yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, your stream was fantastic. I really enjoyed the fact somebody, I think, specifically to uh, to to wind me up. What one of one of my viewers has made emotes of the sonic drowning expression. <laughs> And then floods chat with those when doing the sound effect, and I, I, I think they may have made that emote just, just to do that. Just that, but that's the power of a community, isn't it? That's the whole point that someone's gone out of their way to create an emote just to sort of be involved in in your stream. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the other day somebody made an entirely new account in order to try and. Um, for, for lack of a better word, bully me into doing a Twitch Sings stream. <laughs> they made one, it was like, vote Tristus uh, Sings 2020 or something. And I was just like, no, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> and and they, they made a separate login or changed their handle or whatever way they did it. Um, just, just to do that, just to friendly troll me on that front. Um, for my- but, and that's what a developer can tap into. If if they tap into your community, then there you go. That's the power that it brings. Yeah, that's it's it's good fun. And um streamers that have built good communities around them, they're they're wonderful for helping support your game. Again, all those people are going to be possibly then following your Twitter account. Anytime I play an indie game, I put up a a, a thing in chat so that anyone that comes in can then see the Twitter account of the developer and things like that so they can go and follow them and oh yeah that was very good actually i actually need to know how you do that because that was that was very handy yeah it's, it's quite simple to do i just it goes in with all my my other commands and i just set one up whenever i'm playing an indie game i do them as well for the t-shirts i wear i wear indie t-shirts so um oh, uh, small amazing. little companies like if, if i buy their t-shirt 
or if they've sent me a t-shirt either way um whenever i wear it you can do exclamation mark t and it gives you the twitter account of the people that made the t-shirt i'm wearing so look at this it's almost like you do this full time <laughs> it's almost like it's a profession um <laughs> because i want i want you know i have a passion for for indies i have a passion for people doing the things that that i never did i my 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 general my my origin story not that i got superpowers at the end but my origin story um one of the reasons um when i decided i wanted to to go into presenting and hopefully voice acting and things will become more of that as well um i decided i was going to learn my trade partly by doing the indie comic book and indie game interviews and, and things like that uh and it was partly because when i was younger i wanted to make comics and games and I didn't have the self-confidence and I didn't have the support around me and I, I didn't go in that direction. And I hugely respect the and understand as well the amount of work that goes into these things. You know, I, I did art up to, to A level. I um, did an English literature and film degree. I, I, I learned, like, I mean, I can code. I could code web, like, you know, PHP and HTML and stuff like that, just front end stuff. And um, I did start learning C++ at, at one point. And um, I can look at something and I have a, a vague idea of exactly how much work went into it. And also how much dedication and love and time and effort and you know, it takes to do that. And then how scary it is to put that out in front of the world. Of course, it must be really scary because I'm sure there's a bit of the uh, the feeling of yeah, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not as good as some of the other developers out there, and I, I don't want them seeing it and and mocking me over it. But I, I would be amazed at what, if the percentage was particularly high of how many people get mocked for putting their code or their game out there, and other developers, you know, taking the Mickey out of them. I can't believe that happens. Not a huge amount, certainly not within the bits of the community that that, that I'm part of. Um, but it's still terrifying to put what you're doing out there. And I I never did. You know, I did. Well, I half made two comic books. No, Ooh. no one's ever seen those. I I, I wrote I mean, one of them. I wrote twenty five thousand words for. Oh my! That's not a, that's not a comic book, is it? Uh, it was all of the outlines and the and the text and the. <laughs> you know the planning and wow. stuff it was twenty five thousand words worth um and you know no one has ever read that and wow. i you know for all of my for all of my confidence um i and especially when i was younger the confidence came later in life um i i never was able to do that and i wasn't able to pursue that and i enjoy helping people making those 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 indie games those indie comics again the indie t-shirt companies the indie artists mm. i i enjoy supporting them and trying to to lift them up as as much as i can even if my voice is small it is still there um because they're doing the thing i never did and still don't have the confidence to do and um yeah it, it's i think you'll find a lot of people that play indie games and uh and and reviewers and journalists that cover indie games when we're not drawn to indie games because we think it's going to make us millionaires you know we're drawn to them because we respect and love the 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 effort that's put into them and Definitely. you will generally find that 
you know, as long as you're making genuine human connections with people, that they will want to talk to you and they are interested in in what you're doing. And you will find the community is is actually pretty, pretty welcoming and a really lovely place to be. Um, so it can be tempting to lock yourself away in, in a room and, and spend two years coding, coding the game and never speak to anyone until it's done. But you are putting yourself at a massive disadvantage on multiple levels, not just dodgers marketing, um, but also just sort of keeping yourself away from a resource that can can really help. And um, yeah, it's one of the reasons why I, I, I love the community so much. Well, that is, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop rinsing <laughs> you for information because there's so much. Is that helpful? That, um, it's just been, it's just been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But I do want to, mm-hmm. before we sort of end, I do want to cover yourself a little bit. As in, what, what are you? Where do you want to take your, your channel? What is your, your goals for the next sort of direction of your channel? Are you just, do you have any sort of big plans? Or are you just trying to build the community as you're going? What is your, what's your goal? I kind of think of myself as a presenter before a streamer. I think of Twitch as one of the places I can be a presenter, if that makes sense. So um, I do things sometimes a little bit differently on my channel, I think, than, than other streamers do. I have a slightly different format in some ways, not in others, but in some ways. And that will continue and that will evolve, um, I think things like the um totally real beach streams on on wednesday afternoons are a a little bit different (laughs) and those got leveled up recently i did many hours of photoshop work to to improve those so uh that that is just you know trying to be a bit more creative trying to break the bold a little bit as um we are on the totally real beach which is my private island that definitely exists and is definitely in the uk and yeah it's utterly not a youtube video on loop and um I've now made that on a pin board as a postcard. So it says, wish you were here. And I'm an animated postcard and there's other <laughs> things on the pin board and trying to, to, to just sort of like um, make things more creative and to be a bit braver and yeah. to, to, to do my ideas and not let myself kind of just sort of do what is, what is the, what is the obvious, what is the norm? Um, so yeah, we will, we, we go to the totally real beach on, on Wednesdays and we talk about retro and indie games and comic books and, and things like that and um i'm yeah i'm trying to just keep being creative keep trying to push myself and um yeah see see exactly how far i can get where i can improve the quality of what i can doing where i can be more entertaining um so i do 50 50 just chatting and playing games um and kind of keep it mixed it does feel because instantly I mean, you've only got to watch your stream for, for five minutes and it instantly feels like it feels like. Um, did you ever watch? Did you ever watch Bad Influence? Yes. Uh, yes. The, the TV show. I don't know why, but it feels like Bad Influence. It feels like I'm tuned. I've tuned into a show, and you're like I said, you're you're putting people's names in sticker books. You're putting you're chatting about all sorts of stuff, and it just feels like a show that you're watching. I, I forget that I'm watching, you know, a Twitch stream. That's how good it is. It really, Thank really you. is different. That's kind of what I'm I'm going for. And obviously, at, at the moment, I've been incredibly fortunate this year that um, I, I, I did the brave thing the other year and I went up and spoke to one of my heroes and handed them my business card, uh, which is something I never oh, really? would have done the year before. And um, I <laughs> gave my business card to Jason Bradbury, who 
of course, people know from The Gadget Show, who's one of my presenter heroes. Um, Absolutely. He's amazing. And yeah, when, you know, when lockdown started, he decided that he wanted to, to start doing more content online and he phoned me. Wow. And I've, I've actually watched some, I've watched some of his I suggested as well. Twitch because <laughs> he hadn't watched Twitch before. Oh, God. So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that is because, yeah, who doesn't love? He's absolutely lovely, and I'm now his co-host on a weekly show on Twitch, and we're talking about maybe in the future taking it to, you know, to the stage or something. You know, there's possibilities there, and um, you can see it definitely. Yeah, that's phenomenal because that's now me working with, you know, one of my presenter heroes. You know, and if my shows also look a bit like bad influence, that's just you know, that's just double winning for me there. that's my favorite show growing up it was absolutely i used to record it and everything i had all of them recorded uh, off off the tv like you used to do um i love yeah that. it's a great show and, and again, it's uh, a great show and i yeah. i you know i love the vibe of shows like that so if i am actually achieving that kind of thing then that's then that's brilliant for me and um you know <laughs> if someone says you know if someone were to say to me you're, you're a bit like a second-rate violet billing i was like thank you um <laughs> <laughs> Violet Billing, wow, yeah. That's, that that, that's, that's where I'm aiming to be, you know. <laughs> I will probably never reach can... her, her level, but I, if I could just be like, you know, if someone could compare me and go like, you're a bit like a slightly less good version of, I'd be like, that's excellent. Um, <laughs> so that's that's what I'm trying to trying to do with these things. And obviously the YouTube channel, um, I, I do a mix of things there, including the, you know, the indie game interviews. And it, it's a lot more interviews and reports and things on the YouTube channel where I'm covering specific topics and um it's also where i put all of the videos of me doing my on-stage presenting work because i host panels at some of the events which again are normally focused around um either interviewing uh very amazing you know sort of content creators youtubers in the sort of retro scenes and things or um i've interviewed indie games developers on stage into comic book developers on stage at things like that which is wonderful um and i love doing that roaming reporting styles things as well where i've been um utilized by other channels to be the, the person with a microphone that walks around comic-con and things like that and i i love all of these things and i think all of them feed into the other things i'm doing and i just i would just like to get to get better at it um maybe one day maybe actually end up on some some regular broadcast tv and i know everyone says like oh no no one cares about tv anymore it's like no but i grew up watching tv i want to on the tv one day um <laughs> i i tune in i'm straight there if you we need another we need we need a new bad influence because there's nothing if anyone were to see. make a new bad influence or you know a new games master if you've seen i don't games know if you've master. seen the games trister the games no I ah that's another delight of photoshop that i created on the stream you can you can ask <laughs> the wise games trister some questions it's definitely not heavily oh, photoshopped or influenced by any tv shows that i watched as a kid <laughs> and you know the sky is <laughs> it's flawless flawless special effects i actually spent quite a lot of time on it um it's got animations <laughs> and an intro and everything and um yeah I, I you know if someone were to make shows like that i would love to be on them or panel panel uh game shows where the points don't really matter that kind of thing i would love to be on those as well and to yeah. do more more comedy stuff um would be would be amazing and phenomenal and um yeah i don't know if it will ever happen or not but if anyone ever did make another mainstream tv show about gaming 
then it would be amazing to be on that. Yeah. And if there were, if it was about retro and indie, even better. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, because I don't know anything about Fortnite. <laughs> no, no, not all. <laughs> There's a banana in it. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. I, I know think. that because Jason told me. Oh. I actually played Fortnite before it turned into a battle royale. I played it when it came out and it was just a, like a tower defense game. Okay. And it was just a survival, zombie survival, you know, wave one, wave two, and you just kill them. That sounds more fun. And, well, it was fun for a while. And I was like, yeah, I've done three hours. Don't think I'll play this again. And then a couple of months later, they turned it into a battle royale. And I was like, oh, I'm already bored. So I'm not going to go and play that. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I'll stick with Quake um, 3 mm-hmm. Arena. <laughs> I don't, no, no, none um, of this see, stealthing around no no, no. i want a laser gun uh, that explodes bodies that's what i want yeah endless respawning and just jumping all over the shop and exploding everything um it's one <laughs> of the reasons i'm not doing very well at dead space is because i keep trying to run away and jump backwards while shooting and you cannot oh I, I, it's too scary can't play that game I, I recommend hiding from it it's very very scary yeah, I don't fancy them. Yeah, no. Uh, you're also friends with with my namesake, Mister Mister uh, Mister James Marsh. Oh yes, because um, he's doing some cool stuff as well. He does lots of cool. Uh, so here's a, here he is uh, the gaming muso. He is indeed, um, and his name makes everyone. way more sense than when he started his YouTube channel now, <laughs> because originally he wasn't yeah. making music very much on his YouTube channel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know him back then. I just. I've just seen him because uh, I've seen obviously you, Jason, and James. You do a lot of you know a lot of uh, conversations and and talking a lot on social media, don't you? You're always uh, appearing in each other's streams and accounts. Uh, so I, I've been following him as well, and he does some, again. He does some cool stuff as well. Um, again, gaming music stuff. So if you're interested in that stuff. Go follow gaming music. Yes, user, if definitely. you'd like to hear all your your classic gaming tracks of your youth uh, on a on a on a nice rock guitar, exceedingly yeah. well played, uh, <laughs> then that is definitely definitely the place to go. And it's another thing where it's an awesome bit of creativity. You know, that's a that's a yeah. that's a good that's Absolutely. a good USP. I'm surprised nobody's picked him up to do any game music. That seems to be the well, next natural step. You know, if I'm going into voice acting. And and things like that, then surely somebody should pretty be putting the gaming musos music into their into their indie games. Yes, Collaborations definitely. for the win. Come on, Te- teaming up and so... collaborating is just a <laughs> you know it's just a good way of getting things out there as well. Definitely is definitely, is. and there's so many opportunities and there's so much stuff that people haven't done yet that it's definitely worth exploring, isn't it? So um, let's get on it, people, and let's do some connecting. So you are looking for voice acting work as well, just because it's cool, isn't it? games again it's a it's a dream and i've done a couple of little bits of it now and i've got got this lovely new mic set up and um mm. yeah i would love to do i would love to do more voice acting and uh yeah push me out of my comfort zone a little bit and do because I, I do very different silly voices and things all the time off stream and um i'm starting <laughs> to get to the, conf- the confidence to do kind of other characters and voices and things on camera yeah, I would love to put that in, into games, especially indie games, and and be part of those projects. If any, if anyone, if anyone would like a voice actor for their for their work, yeah. then there we go. I I, I exist. I'm cheap, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, if you want to compare Trista and someone who can't voice act, I did a stream where the characters didn't have voice acting yet because it was still an early build. 
So I added my own. Excellent. Uh, we had a Scotsman. We had some Irish, some Irish guys, um, some unknown languages, uh, accents that I don't quite know where they were from, but they were around. They get around a lot. But that was great fun. Just putting stupid voices on characters. Amazing. Um, so watch that video, anyone. It's on YouTube. <laughs> and then go and hire Trista to actually do <laughs> <laughs> <Voice> acting. <laughs> Because you go, oh my god, that's that's what it's supposed to sound like, right? Okay, um, okay, cool. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like anyone to know? Uh, where's the best place to contact you, or what you want people to check out? Anything at all? Absolutely. Well, if people would like to to find out a little bit more about me, I am called Trista Bites, spelt B Y T E S, because I thought I was making a pun and was funny, then realised I had to then explain that on every single podcast I'm ever on, and I've got the same username on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, everywhere, really. So I'm quite easy to find. Branding consistency. That's the one I didn't mention. If if oh. you use the same name on all your social medias, ideally make it your 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 company name if you're a dev and uh, you have it the same on absolutely everything. Um, that makes things much, much easier for us as well. And um, yes, I've got that. I've got that branding bit down for myself, even if I uh, foolishly chose a pun that I then have to explain every time. <laughs> so yeah i've got uh approaching five years worth of content up on youtube and i stream full-time on twitch i do seven streams a week i also pop up on various podcasts including this lovely one as well and um yeah just uh moving forward full-time full-time presenting general nonsense speaking muppet faced um indie game player there we go is that a pitch brilliant is that good that is that's a good pitch okay yeah, I'm sure that was going to bring you all the voice acting. Excellent. And we need a we need a bad influence name, a not good influence, a dodgy influence. There we go. Mildly suspect influence. <laughs> Slightly disconcerting influence. <laughs> Mostly harmless influence. I don't, I don't know. No, stop, stop giving away the domain names. God damn it! Quick, register domain names. I'll go with the other fifty ones I've registered, including for the comics I never actually produced. Uh, you're obsessed with uh, doing that as well, are you? I've got so many domain names. I was a web developer for 15 years. I, I bought a domain name for every idea I ever had. And then I won't sell yeah. them just in case I ever oh, do no. the idea. That's how that works. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. You know, and then at the end of the year, you get billed for like 70 quid or something. And you're like, God damn it. Did that, was that .co.uk really worth it? <laughs> I'm like, what's, what's charged me 17.99? What? Those 50 .net addresses. Why did yeah. I do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it was easy when there used to be about five. Well, I'll just register them all just to be just to be sure. Uh, just and now in there's case. thousands. Yes. Well, I registered Crazy. them all and all variants for uh, the, the the graphic design <laughs> firm website for for my own when I was uh, doing that freelance full time. And uh, everyone kept telling me I was massively paranoid and things. And then somebody did actually try and imitate me. <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah, there, there was a, a a small fake site that pointed at my site and a fake linkedin profile that claimed to be my uh, ceo wow and uh, that got pointed out to me and i thought why, why on earth would anyone want to pretend to be me but fair enough mate <laughs> i mean i mean that's an a for effort isn't it <laughs> yeah a, a b for creativity yeah that's true <laughs> uh, right okay well that is the end of our conversation yeah some of it was um, on topic well, yeah, you know, most, mostly. Um, but thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for inviting me on. And I hope that, you know, the general 
advice I have given is, is, is useful to people. And um, I, I guess if anyone would like me to, to, to talk some more about any of these topics and things or anyone that's looking to get into streaming and or, or looking for ways to promote their indie game and stuff like if anyone would like me to come back on again and talk about anything else, then just give the man in charge here a shout because I would uh, be happy to come on the podcast again. Oh, forget them. I'm going to call you back. I need all that help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. No worries. Holy hell. What did I tell you? What an amazing interview. So thank you so much to Trista. That was so good. Don't forget, if you missed any of the links that were mentioned, you can find them all in the show notes, as always. So check those out. Make sure you head over to Trista on Twitch. She streams like every day. So you can't fail to miss her. So head to Twitch, follow her on there and, and everywhere that she, she is online. And as Trista so kindly offered, if there's anything you would like her to cover to come back on the podcast and talk about, then please send emails um, into the show uh, and I'll speak with Trista and see if we can arrange a time to come back on and discuss any of the questions that you have. So please let me know. I look forward to it. And thank you so much to Trista for offering to come back on and help everybody. That is super kind of you. If you enjoyed this new new direction ever so slightly, so if you enjoyed listening to something a bit, little bit different, then please let me know some feedback. I'd love to hear what, what everyone's enjoying listening to. Um, it's probably going to be a lot more variety coming up as I talk to different streamers, marketers, authors lots and lots of stuff coming up here for everybody listening so if you are enjoying the show then please can i ask if you could leave a review for the show wherever you're listening whether it's apple or stitcher or even youtube anywhere that you can leave a review if you could leave me some feedback that'd be wonderful because you know how all this works feedback and reviews really help boost the podcast and and all the algorithm stuff so that'd be much appreciated thank you so much in advance there's not much more for me to say, really. The next episode will actually be dropping pretty soon after this one. So keep an eye out in your podcast feeds, wherever you're listening to this or online. I don't know where you're listening, but keep an eye out because it will be uh, dropping pretty soon. If you want the most up-to-date information, then Twitter is the place to follow me. So IndieGameX uh, on Twitter, that is the most up-to-date stuff. You'll get tweets every day. So if you want to find out when when stuff is happening then uh, head over to there the live streams will be restarting again soon i actually still can't find my camera um so i don't know where that's gone it must be in this room somewhere so once i've found the camera i will start live streaming some of these indie games again which is going to be awesome because i can't wait so there you go that is the end of the episode thank you so much for joining me thank you to trista and i'll see you in episode number whatever the next one is 19 lost track already episode 19 which will be very soon so thank you everybody goodbye